Welcome everyone to Safe Harbor, a podcast for parents of children with special needs. This is episode two. I'm your host, Teresa Bartolotta. I want to thank everyone for the terrific feedback that I've received on the trailer and on episode one. I am so excited to continue this project and to listen to your comments, to listen to your stories, and to build a community of parents of children with special needs and talking about really important topics, many of which affect us very deeply and affect who we are. And so I'm so happy to have the opportunity to continue this conversation with you. Today's topic is how this experience makes us better. So in episode one, I gave a brief summary of my story. I have a 32-year-old daughter with special needs, and I've worked with hundreds of families through my career as a speech pathologist, and that work has touched me and affected me in so many ways. But for me, when it became apparent that my daughter was going to have lifelong significant issues, I went through a very dark time and a a very tough struggle that lasted really for several years. And I know I'm not alone. I've talked to many parents about that, that coming to the realization that there is a problem with one of our children and then working through it can be an agonizing time of grief. And for many of us, we go through the stages of grieving that are similar to the stages we would go through when we lose a loved one. So I know that when I look back to when my daughter was born and when everything was fine, I remember speaking to her when she was an infant and talking to her when I was changing her and telling her that she was going to be able to do whatever she wanted, that the world was open for her. She was born in such a wonderful time of opportunity for women in this country, in our world. And then about two years later, I began to think things were very different for her. As her disability became apparent and we puzzled about what was going on with her. And I remember feeling an incredible sense of loss and moving from this sense of optimism to this idea of that she was going to be living a life where we focused on what she couldn't do, focusing on a life of loss rather than a life of opportunity. And I know that I'm not alone. The struggles that we go through, especially as our children are initially diagnosed, and then as they go through many of the travails that they have to endure, our grief becomes overwhelming. Other feelings too, our anger, our sadness, so many things. And our life can become a life of scarcity where the focus is on what is lost rather than what is gained. And I remember for me, those were very dark and sad times. And I I know that I'm not alone. But like so many other parents, as I adapted to the situation, I went through a process of acceptance, but it's not just acceptance that happened to me, but I developed over time a deeper understanding 
of what really matters and what is gained by the entire experience. So it's been a shift from a focus of scarcity more towards a focus on abundance and how I am better, I am changed, I have grown, and I can look back and think, wow, look at what I have endured. And what has helped me through a lot of the tough times has been to write. I like to write. It's a way that I process what I'm feeling. And it's been very helpful to look back at journaling that I've done over the years and to gain renewed insight into that younger woman, that was me, who was writing about a particular time. And then to reflect on where I am. And what's extraordinary is that I'm shocked to see how much better things really are. I mean, we're still in the same situation. My daughter still has Rett syndrome. She still needs a lot of care. But wow, I'm better. I'm improved. And my whole attitude about her and about what we are living through is incredibly much more positive and rich. I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna and say that there are never dark times, but it's, I'm wondering what some of you think about this and how, how you can relate that there are these waves that we experience where things are going well. And then of course something happens, but, but what always seems to happen is that we climb back up. So, as I said, I've, I've liked to write over different periods of time and About 10 years ago, I wrote an essay about what I was feeling about Lisa at the time. And now when I look back, my husband had just turned 60. So I'm thinking that I was contemplating moving more toward the senior years of our life and wondering what was going to happen. So anyway, I wrote this essay and I knew someone who worked for the New York Times. And I had submitted this and asked, you know, hey, what do you think about this? Where could I send it? Could I get this published? And as it turns out, I was directed to a parenting blog for women, for mothers that was published by the New York Times and my piece was published. And it's funny that it's just exactly 10 years ago. It was February, 2012. And the title of the piece is a disabled adult child and an always uncertain future. So in this piece, I summarize Lisa's early years and and our process of discovering what was going on with her. And I notice now reading this, how much fear is coming off the page, how much fear I can feel as a reader that I was going through 10 years ago. I mean, I totally want to go back and talk to my younger self and reassure her not to be afraid that things will work out and you will be in a better place. The fear that you can hear as you read this piece, and if you looked it up, it's still available online, has to do with what will happen to her when I can no longer care for her and the struggle in my head about 
all of this unknown. But towards the end of the piece, there's kind of a resolution. And I quote D.H. Lawrence. And so I just want to read just a few lines to you from this piece. Because there is optimism, there is gratitude, and there is this then shift towards the end of trying to live in the moment and embracing what is right in front of me. So here's the final paragraph. I write, D.H. Lawrence wrote, quote, the living moment is everything, unquote. When I am feeding Lisa or changing her or just sitting with her and giving her kisses, I try to revel in the pleasure of her being and marvel at her profound uniqueness. There is beauty in the simple and repetitive nature of doing something for someone who can't do it for themselves. And when I can put my fears aside, I can let that be for that moment enough. So now 10 years later, I read this and I say, I am no longer afraid. Yes, I do face times when I'm concerned. And in the last 10 years, we've done a lot of the practical details, the surface level things to figure out, you know, how do we prepare for the eventuality that we are getting older and things will change. And we've done some big things like we moved almost 900 miles to be close to family. And we've done some lots of other things to try to get some of the financial pieces in place and building an incredible network of loved ones. But that's the surface piece, like all of those details, they are important. But what I can see is that within me, there has been a transformation not just an acceptance, that also sounds very surface. But I, just as I am changed from 32 years ago, when I looked at her and thought the world had this great possibility for her. And then 10 years ago, I had this great fear. Now, 10 years later, I still believe the world has this great possibility for her because I see the impact that she has in the world and how by being her mother, I am better. I am transformed. I went through the fire and came out the other side. I am not hardened like iron or like something burned. I am better. And I, I believe that we all are that on this other side, we are richer, we are transformed by this experience. Hanging in Lisa's bedroom is a quote from the New Testament. And I'd like to read that to you now. It's from John chapter nine, verses one to three. And it's a story about how Jesus healed a blind man. And when you look at Bible commentaries, there's a lot of people writing about how the man could not see and then he could, and now he knows the power of God. But I want to focus on the last line. So here's just three lines from the New Testament. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, 
who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So I've been looking around and saying, what does that mean? What does the last line mean? That the works of God are displayed in him. I've seen other versions of the Bible where it says the works of God are made manifest in in him. So I've been thinking, trying to think deeply about what does that mean? And I came across a Bible commentary where the author wrote, the question for us is not where suffering has come from, but what are we to do with it? Because as I said in episode one, God does no wrong. He does not make mistakes. Our children are not mistakes. So what are we to do with all of this? Being a parent of a child with special needs is transformative and we are changed forever. I'm sure many of you know about the poem, Welcome to Holland, where you're in a place where you never planned on being, you're on a path you never wanted to walk on, you never thought you had to walk on, but here we are. And so it is through this transformation process, as we move deeper, if we can move away from what does it mean to be a parent of a child with special needs on the surface? Yes, we have to deal with IEPs and doctors and surgeries and medications, but let's try to go deeper. Let's question. Let's move away from just going with the flow and trying to seek insight to figure out what this is really, really about. And several years ago, when I was at Seton Hall University, I had the opportunity to study the works of Bernard Lonegan, who was a Catholic philosopher who developed a theory of human cognition or human understanding. And to say that I am oversimplifying it at the moment is trivial. I mean, this is a, is a complex model of thinking, but essentially what Lonergan has asked us to do is to seek insight by reflecting on what we know and becoming aware of what we know. It's a way to think about thinking. And so he laid out four levels of understanding that what we experience on the surface level is important. We get information from what we see, what we hear, what we read. So we look at our children and we see their physical challenges, their cognitive challenges, their language challenges, their medical challenges. Those are at face value. They are important. But if that's where we live in the experience of being a parent of a child with special needs, it leads to a shallow understanding of the experience. So in order to get deeper, we begin to ask questions and we ask questions like, what is this about? How is this experience impacting me? What skills am I gaining? What knowledge do I now have? What struggle have I lived through? So I can now look at myself and think, hey, you are not weak. You are the opposite. You are strong. You are powerful. So it is through asking questions that we get insights. 
and that we begin to explore and grasp the truth. How does this all make me feel? How have I changed? What is truly valuable? And at the end of the day, asking a question, could this perhaps be one of the best things that has ever happened to me because of the person who I have become? Brene Brown says, I don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of me if I'm paying attention and practicing gratitude. So I'd love to learn how you feel about this. How have you been transformed? How are you better today as a result of knowing your special child and guiding them through this world? If you join our Facebook group, we have a Facebook group, Safe Harbor, a podcast for parents of children with special needs. But believe me, anyone is welcome. If you know or love a parent of a child with special needs, please join. It's a public group. Please weigh in. I'd love your feedback. Also, I'd love to hear what you want to hear about. If you can, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. The more five-star ratings we have and the reviews, the higher we go in the rankings, we'll be able to have more people find us. And if you'd like to get on my mailing list, please shoot me an email at safeharborpodcast at gmail.com. In future episodes, I want to continue this conversation. I love the quote from Brene Brown. I'd love to go deeper into gratitude, into transformation. We'll also have speakers on how this whole experience has transformed the other individuals in our lives, such as the siblings of our children, our spouses, and we'll also touch on other topics that are important. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll speak to you at the next episode.